the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. I am Seth Liebson. Phone number is 602-508-0960. Mr. David Dahl here with me. Thank you for being here, David. Coming to you live from the 960 Patriot Broadcast Studio, brought to you by the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group, your trusted source for precious metals. Sometimes, as regular listeners know, I like to look back at what I was talking about exactly this day, a year prior, in this case, January 23rd, 2023. I do this to see if we've been tending toward progress or regress, as Lincoln said, whether we are tending and whether we have been. What I said then a year ago, it seems, shows miserabile dictu, regress. What I said back then was this. I'm not sure if this is all in the category of we need to shut this thing down until we can figure out what the heck is going on. But a few seemingly disparate things from the news over the past few days where dots are just now being connected and need to be, haven't been. And everyone is seemingly thinking things are just okay or normal. We're settling into a new normal which we should not be. First, the New York Times a year ago had a big story headlined, When Students Change Gender Identity and Parents Don't Know, Educators Face Wrenching New Tensions Over Whether They Should Tell Parents When Students Socially Transition at School. That's the headline. Educators? That is, the people who are not the parents face wrenching new tensions over whether to tell the children's parents... That is to say, their bosses and, well, again, the children's parents, if their kids are trying to transition against and below their parents' knowledge. The state, the government, is now the more important person or actor in the most physical and psychological and serious decision any child, much less young children, may face or be encouraged to face. The first child they profiled was 15. You think it has gone away. It has not. Look at the Moms for Liberty representative debating Joy Reid from MSNBC this past week. The parents were caught unawares, and the school thought it should remain that way. Children, 15, tell me how many decisions far less serious than changing your sex you would trust with a 15-year-old. We don't even let them get to pick their school board members, nor curriculum, or get a tattoo or smoke a cigarette. They can't choose their textbooks, but they can choose their sex. We've gone from in loco parentis to parents patriae, overwhelming, from the state being in temporary charge or in place of the parents to fully becoming and, in fact, overruling, having primacy over the parents. Second, a year ago today, I mentioned that President Joe Biden was announcing a new chief of staff, Jeff Zients. I'm betting that name is mostly unknown, which is odd since he's been on the job for a year and we almost always can provide the name of the president's chief of staff. How many of you knew it? How much more should we know it when there are severe and sincere doubts about Joe Biden running his own show? 
Prior to Zients becoming chief of staff, he was Joe Biden's COVID czar, chief COVID advisor. So one wonders about Zients' competence as well. For I'm old enough to remember when in 2020, Joe Biden running for president in his last debate with Donald Trump said that with COVID deaths at 220,000, quote, if you hear nothing else I say tonight, hear this. Anyone who's responsible for that many deaths should not remain as president of the United States of America, close quote. Now, that was 2020 when the virus was novel in its first year and without a vaccine. Since Joe Biden has been president, about 800,000 Americans have died from or with COVID, a 90 percent increase from when he took office and a 246 percent increase from when he wanted you to hear nothing else from him about remaining president. And all that with a year and now four years experience. So the virus was no longer is no longer novel and umpteen numbers of vaccines and boosters have taken place. So the man who got him there, Jeff Zients, is the chief of staff. You know how I sometimes choke on the notion that we are really just having to get used to the suck around here because we can't do good or right or competent things anymore. We can't have nice things anymore. Let's connect the dots and ask about, is there any accountability whatsoever? My point, the suck around here will never end and will continue to exacerbate in a downward spiral Until and unless there is accountability for what people do as much as for what they say as much as for what they promise in trying to obtain your vote. Makes one think, especially now considering what Joe Biden said about Donald Trump being careless and irresponsible with classified documents. Remember that? Makes one think there's an an increasing number of things Joe Biden says that simply are not true. Indeed, they are just false. An increasing number of important things, he says, that have no bearing on truth, that indeed are lies. When will the Washington Post start that count, as they did with Donald Trump, on frivolous issues, such as how many people he said were at his inaugural, as compared to their estimate? Think about public health and the things Joe Biden has said about that. Life and death classified intelligence, and I don't know, maybe the following, the Afghanistan withdrawal was an extraordinary success, or that sanctions would cripple Russia, or that the border is secure, or that inflation will be transitory. Some people still believe his statement that if you get vaccinated, you won't get sick, go to the hospital, or die, or the shape-shifting about his relationship with his son Hunter from the intelligence community saying the laptop was a Russian influence operation to never having discussed his business deals whatsoever, to never having profited from them, to never having been involved with them. I was reading a new biography of Abraham Lincoln and was reminded of the motto of Frederick Douglass's newspaper. It was called the North Star. You want the motto? It's beautiful. Right is of no sex. Truth is of no color. God is the father of us all, and we are all brethren. That was the motto. Perhaps here is a good place to begin to appreciate where Martin Luther King Jr., whom we just celebrated as much as John Marshall Harlan, got their views that color should not dictate right or wrong or rights and privileges or, for that matter, gender. I think the focus on race and gender and the re-racializing of society is frankly a sickness. I can appreciate where it comes from, ignorance and incompetence, and on high. 
Yesterday, your our Vice President Kamala Harris was giving a major speech on how wrong it was that Roe v. Wade was overturned on what would have been its anniversary. You can go to the audio or just go to whitehouse.gov for the transcript of her speech. She gave a similar speech last year. She likes to talk about America and freedom being a promise. Here's the line verbatim, quote, America is a promise. It's a promise of freedom and liberty, not for some, but for all. A promise we made in the Declaration of Independence that we are each endowed with the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. It's what Joe Biden refers to as the thing. We are each endowed with the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Where does that line come from? It's not hard For only a week ago, as I said, we celebrated the man with a national holiday who told us it was all a promise, a promissory note, if you will, in the Declaration of Independence, as the vice president rightly says. But the phrase is not we are each endowed with the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. The the, The phrase there is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and endowed to us by our creator, life. You can talk all you want about what our public policy should be based on our founding. And when you alter words, deliberately edit out the words that are simply inconvenient, you'll get it wrong or lie. There's a lot of that going on right now, it seems. Remember what the scientist whistleblower said in the opening of Chernobyl. What is the cost of lies? Not that we'll mistake them for the truth. The real danger is that if we hear enough lies, then we no longer will recognize the truth at all. I think it's all getting to be a pretty expensive price, don't you? My old teacher and maybe America's best teacher once wrote this. Harry Jaffa once wrote this, quote, the American Revolution and the American Constitution became possible only because the rights of man as man, the rights of an enlightened humanity under the moral order of the laws of nature and nature's God defined the ground of civic friendship subordinating the ancient distinctions not only of religion but of ethnicity and race. Among the most remarkable but least remarked features of the Declaration of Independence is the passage in which, after assigning a measure of responsibility to our British brethren for the tyrannical acts of their government, the Americans, quote, hold them as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war, in peace, friends. The ancient distinctions of Greek and barbarian, of Jew and Gentile, of Christian and infidel here disappear as the ground of human friendship and therewith of civic association. Human friendship and civic association. What's it based on? It's based on justice. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, coming to you live from the 960 Patriot Broadcast Studio, which is brought to you by the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group, your trusted source for precious metals, 602-508-0960. When we think about all the divisions in this country and where they come from, you think about Even what Thomas Jefferson and the founders could write about in the Declaration of Independence against King George, in war, enemies, and peace, friends. And that's kind of how we kept the glue of this country together amongst ourselves, amongst our fellow citizens, the sense of 
civic association and friendship. How far out of reach do those things seem today? How many calls do we take during the holidays, not just about friendly gatherings, but about familiar gatherings, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and the like, and how difficult they have become, how they don't even happen in some cases. Is this reparable? I used to abhor the notion that we were in a cold civil war here in America, but you look at the language of those who would do everything in their power to let Donald Trump govern when he was elected in 2016, to keep him from governing, sorry, to keep him from governing when he was elected in 2016, invented slander and libel after slander and libel, all using Russia, a foreign enemy, as the collusion point to ensure half the country thinking Trump either illegitimate, a fascist tyrant, or both, you see it ginning up again. That does something to a country, especially over the course of four years, or really more now, because it's been the theme and current for the last three years as well. It's really going on seven or eight years. So it seems to me as the election looms, we'd better take another page from Lincoln if we don't want this house to fall or continue to divide. And that is to make it all one thing or the other. That is to say, bring on a singular, clear and decisive victory. It's just got to be done. There has to be a decisive political victory here. DeSantis forces need to lick their wounds and get over it. Haley forces the same and everyone else, too. For as Barry Goldwater said, let's grow up, for if we don't, as he warned, socialism here will be entrenched, entrenched, and the hour is late. This is going to include, of course, some clarity and some cleaning of stables. There is here in Arizona, boiling up to the surface If you're online, you'll notice it and see it. If you read John Solomon, Just the News, you'll see it. If you read the Daily Mail, you'll see it. Uh, Released tape of a discussion between the state party chairman and Carrie Lake. Validating the claim that Carrie Lake had made that several times that there were elitist forces, so to speak, elitist forces that were willing to pay her not to run for office, to bribe her, to keep her from office. The tape is pretty damning. It's pretty damning. And it's going to create some commotion, to say the least here, probably especially to be seen going into the state party meeting, which will take place this Saturday. I, um, I know one of the parties better that I know the other. I don't know the other party at all. I don't. I just don't know Jeff very well at all. I know Carrie pretty well, and I have to tell you that um, this deserves an airing out, of course. But then we need to move on, whatever the side that prevails prevails. The stakes are too high. The stakes are simply too high. So let the stables be cleaned. Let the clarity begin, and let's quit dividing the House once we solve it. We have a lot of work to do. And if you look at the vile and the hatred against the conservative movement, the Republican Party, and fundamental values, what is it they hate so much? What is it they hate about our positions so much? 
I was saying yesterday, you know, I remember when Ronald Reagan was president. I remember the protests, the over-the-top protests, people in gas masks and the shadow drawings on the sidewalks as if he was going to create a Hiroshima or a nuclear war. I remember the Hitler mustaches and the claims of fascism. I remember all of that. What didn't eventuate was anything the protesters said would happen under Ronald Reagan. What did eventuate was the fall of an evil empire. And we have with us empirical evidence of what a Trump presidency will look like, too, no matter the gaslighting, no matter the no matter the statements that will be made about him and are being made about him from the media. We have empirical evidence, and that empirical evidence shows that our enemies were contained at worst, and our economy thrived. And I think it is the problem of too many outlets, including social media, including cable news, that have created this unquenchable thirst to increase the volume of the bitterness and the anger about what conservatives and Republicans and particularly Donald Trump stand for and represent. I think it would be the same during Reagan's day. Given their personalities were so different, I know there will people there will be people who say no 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 no. It's not true. Go back and read what was written about Reagan. Go back and look at the protests about Reagan. You can do it with George Bush, too. But I think the, the better example is Ronald Reagan because the social media was inchoate during the Bush presidency and amplified a little bit, a little bit beyond what I'm trying to compare here. And what I'm trying to compare here is this. They have always hated us because we are in their way. We are in their way on truly, using a phrase they like, turning the clock back. Why wasn't Reagan credited with destroying the evil empire without firing a shot, as Margaret Thatcher put it? Look around at the universities. Look at ASU. Look around at the elite universities. Look at Harvard. Look at MIT, look at Penn, look at all of them. Look at all of them and see what it is they love, what it is they teach, what it is they preach, and what it is they hate. What they hate is liberalism and the West. What they love, what they preach, what they want to turn the back, the clock back to is exactly that which Ronald Reagan destroyed. I am Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. John Dombrowski is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates, grandcanyonplanning.com, his website. Great place to reach out to him and learn about what Grand Canyon Planning does and may be able to do for you. He brings us our culture and economy update. John, how are you, sir? Fantastic, Seth. Thank you. You betcha. One of the things we talk about economy and culture right in between there is this thing called politics and how it Mm -hmm. intersects with those and uh, you were telling me offline that you've been getting a lot of 
clients asking you how the election will affect stock markets and investments. And I wonder if you might just kind of touch on what you tell them, what you say, what you think about that. Yeah, it's it is interesting, right? Because we would think that uh, you know the presidential election would have a, an effect on the market, and normally it could. And uh, you know, when we think about when President Trump was elected uh, in 2016, right? I guess he took his first uh, day in office, and um, you know, the markets were a bit challenged at that time. But as the policies uh, began to change and what the president was doing, we started to see the economy really take off and we saw a tremendous rally uh, continue. And it continued even through the next uh, you know, election, which of course uh, President Biden won. And uh, we now see that though in the middle of his term, the markets took a downturn. And of course we were coming out of COVID. Um, but we saw the policies of the current administration uh, create this, um, you know, uh, challenge for the markets. And now we're starting to recover a bit from that. And I believe that if President Trump gets reelected, uh, the policies that he'll begin to implement again are probably going to be positive. And that those are the things that I'm seeing and I'm hearing and I'm reading that uh, many people believe that if President Trump gets reelected, the markets will initially rally. Now, of course, we don't know how they will continue, but the initial uh, belief is is that things will be positive for the stock market, and we are seeing seeing uh, coming out of this this negative uh, past couple of years for the market uh, a move towards more of a bull market, and it could be a, a pretty good bull run here for the next few years. Okay, good. Uh, we want that. Uh, we like that. How much of it do you think is attributed to not just even the election results? But the kind of commentary around things, um, the kind of worry that some people or some media are invested in projecting, that's yeah. got to have an effect, too. I know that you couldn't fix a number on it, but it's got to have an effect, right? You know, most investors out there today, Seth, invest in mutual funds okay. where, you know, okay. or ETS through their 401ks. Right. So they really don't have a, a choice, per se, in the investments within that mutual fund. Right. So if okay. I buy a growth fund, mm -hmm. you know, the manager of that growth fund is who's making those decisions. Okay. And most managers of these uh, highly rated funds and these companies that, uh, you know, offer mutual funds and exchange traded funds to the public um, have managers that look at data. They're, they're not necessarily, you know, emotional about, about the, the investment. Point. Yeah. So, but the average individual investor, uh -huh. well, that's a little different. Yep. You know, if, if I've just got my own little account out there and I'm just kind of, uh, trading and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, I'm afraid if this person gets elected or if that person gets elected or doesn't win the election that, you know, the economy's going to fail or, uh, then all of a sudden I start to make decisions based on my emotions and maybe not based on, the data. Yeah. And I think that's where people eventually will wind up losing instead of being able to take advantage of maybe areas of the market that could rally based on an election outcome. Yeah. You know, uh, obviously, we know that President uh, Biden was shutting down energy right. production. We right. know he shut the pipelines right. down. He, uh, you know, the variety of different things that he's done have caused real challenges for the market. Uh, whereas, you know, President Trump is talking immediately about closing the border, about, right. uh, you know, getting back into being energy independent right. and so on. So um, these are things I think that for the economy, uh, putting, you know, 
the economy first is going to ultimately help profits for U.S. companies. Yeah. So, you know, there will be certain areas of the economy that will do very well. And so those are the things that we as investment advisors for our clients have to understand and work through those details and, and pick the correct, uh, you know, sectors of the market that we want to invest in. Keep it between the navigational beacons, right? Mm, yes. Thank you, John. Yes, yes, yes. Much appreciated, sir. You bet. Again, go to our website, GrandCanyonPlanning.com. You can schedule an appointment with me right there. And uh, Securities and Advisory Services offer the Creative One Securities LLC, a member of Finren and Sipic, and an investment advisor. Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC and Creative One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Thank you, Seth. Thank you, John. We'll be right back. Bye-bye. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. His haunting lyrics there, my gosh. <clears throat> Every time I hear that song, I just pause and think about the mood and mode he was in, driving through Carefree, thinking about the parents of his girlfriend. Do you what? realize how many people across America have no idea that that, is out, is, is, that song is about a real place? I worry Arizona? about that. How do we help? How do we fix that? Right here, what we're doing right we now. Do, we do the best we can. We do the best we can. I, know. I do we worry about that. his legacy, as they say. Yeah. William Buckley, uh, when he was writing some piece of serialized essays for The New Yorker, had an expression somewhere in a sentence where he had the occasion to use the word hell and he capitalized it. <laughs> and the editors asked him, sent it back, lowercase, he said, why do you capitalize it? He says, because it's a place. It's a proper noun. Carefree highway. It's there not... You go, um, yeah. It's not just a, uh, a concept. It's a real place. Let's go to Steve in Tempe. He's also in a real place. How are you, Steve? I'm good, Seth. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you, sir. Yeah, Carefree Highway is a real place. Yep. And, uh, it's, uh, and so is Carefree. So. Yeah. It's a fun place. I love Carefree. Don't you love it? I love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's one of the most beautiful places to live here in the metro phoenix area for i try sure. not to talk about it too much because i don't want it to be overwhelmed with people you know you you, you brag yep. about a nice place and then it becomes it becomes crowded <laughs> i'll leave it yeah. at that yeah <laughs> no. yeah just like just like here yeah just like metro phoenix yep. <laughs> yeah. seth you were talking earlier about the hatred that has been brewing up between the conservative side and, and the and the liberal leftist side and you know it's my it's my personal observation that that hatred got ramped up to a, the level that it's at now and beyond well you know beyond what it was before uh, in a big way to, to where it's at right now and and will continue to get even worse I think prior to uh, 2016. I think I think when Hillary Clinton was going up against Trump, they were looking at her as being the final piece, you know, cornerstone of their liberal left-wing structure with the cherry on top being, you know, her appointing three Supreme Court justices uh where in fact Trump, you know, one of his one of my favorite comments that he makes and will continue to make through the through the campaign is, you know, he said, look, you know, I'm standing here, they're coming after me, and I'm okay with that because I'd rather have them coming after me than coming after you. So I'm yeah. standing in the forefront, basically taking the arrows on, on your behalf, which he is, and which he did prior to that. I mean, just imagine, Seth, 
imagine if uh, Hillary had been elected and uh, Neil Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Coney Barrett were not elected to the Supreme Court, and we had we had um, uh, three justices appointed by Hillary Clinton. Probably, um, I mean, just imagine, just imagine um, our current so, uh, so attorney general and yeah, two of right, his friends right, right. being on the court. Right. How likely do you think it would be when that when that case goes to the Supreme Court about Trump being you know not being able to be put on the ballot by or taken off the ballot by Colorado and the other states, how likely do you think, with that being the case, if those justices weren't there and, um, you know, you had three justices that Hillary Clinton appointed on that court right now, how likely do you think uh, it would be that they would side for President Trump? I would say it's zero. Well, I mean, just think and, about a lot of the decisions. I mean, uh, that that one is, a, is an oh, interesting yeah. factual, counterfactual because it pre presupposes his presidency in the first place because of, of January 6th. But think about what what the bigger issue is here you're putting your finger on, which is what the defeat of Hillary Clinton did to the mindset of the Democratic Party and the left. Think about what a monumental oh, no defeat that was. Here you have the representation in Hillary Clinton of all that the feminist movement had been pushing yep. for decades she was the embodiment yep. of it. I, I don't know how well you might remember the Clinton inauguration of 1992 in the year of the woman, but how many celebrations there were of Hillary Clinton and some song I remember, Barbara Boxer and Barbara Streisand were doing these these over-the-top tributes to Hillary Clinton. Um, yep. Like you've never seen about a first lady. But, yep. you know, the idea that that Hillary Clinton, you know, paid her dues, so to speak, then by staying with Bill Clinton through the Lewinsky stuff. And, I mean, just the idea that this woman was not the force of nature that the Democrats thought she was to the rest of the American people. And she loses to, I don't have a better word yep. for it than this alpha male, so to speak, yep. you know, that she can lose to what they would consider and what they have called, you know, Neanderthal-type male that she loses that, that that was a hugely devastating not just political blow to the democratic party and the left in america but a psychological blow and yep. you know when you when you blow someone's psychological precepts out of the water call them illusions call them delusions whatever when you blow that out of the water you engage in, in in some form of, I guess, shock therapy, if you will, election shock therapy. David, can we create that phrase? Will you write it down? Not electric shock therapy, but election shock therapy. You heard it here first. You've created an election shock therapy to this movement, this vast movement that doesn't know how to deal with reality. They don't know how to deal yep. with the fact that that their precepts – they don't know how to deal with the fact that their postulates have proven yep. once and for all unpopular just at the moment they thought they were about to grab the brass ring and the greatest victory and culmination of all they've been working for. And Trump stopped all that. Yep. You know, yeah, and the did, American yeah, people stopped all that, or at least the election stopped all that. And they yep. didn't know how to deal with it. It was a shock to their system. In part, in, 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 part, in large part, 
their fault. Their fault for yep. thinking that what they thought was so eminently true and so eminently enlightened that who are these other people that, you know, that want to get in the way of this? Well, you know what they think those other people are that wanted to get in the way it, it was deplorable. Yep. That's what they were. Yeah. Let, it, let me take the break and yeah, come it, back with you it, on this because yeah. I think you're onto something being here, Steve. I'm Seth Leibson and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Y-Refi. They have a great investment it's in a secure and collateralized portfolio that actually helps people and where you can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return, and it's not correlated to the Federal Reserve or the stock market. They invest power with you with a lot of flexibility. You're in control. You can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you like. There's no attack on principle if you ever need your money back. There are absolutely no fees and you get your monthly statement, of course, with no surprises. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or give them a call at 888-YREFI24. Y-REFI. Steve, thank you for your uh, patience. Go ahead. Yes, uh, yes thank you. Um, no, back, back to what I was saying, though. You, you were talking about the hatred that's, that's yeah. become such a a factor and you're absolutely correct and like i was saying earlier that um with trump's election it basically knocked out the cornerstone of what they were anticipating being um complete left-wing rule over what goes on moving forward and i'm talking and when i say rule i i do mean that because like i said can you imagine you know i i, I imagine that merrick garland would have been appointed by Hillary Clinton, as you know, probably. Based on what, what, yeah, uh, probably. Yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would guess that uh, he, that she, just as a courtesy, would have appointed him first, and then two people along the same lines as him, and maybe even more left wing than he is, if that's even possible, uh-huh. uh, being on the Supreme Court. And like I said, um, Trump, like him or not. Um, Stood in the in the balance of what they were trying to do there, and and the hatred for what he did in disrupting their plans and in in, in disrupt disrupting what would have taken place. Uh, you know, if God forbid she would have been elected. Um, hopefully, we're not seeing. Um, hopefully, that wasn't just a speed bump in in the in the course of what happens. I'm, I'm I mean, I think the this upcoming election is even more important than the. Well, I shouldn't say even more important. I think it's equally as important as the one in in 2016. And uh, it's I, I think what we're I, going I think it's to... more important if you'll if you'll grant me this. I think you I think it's more yeah. important because I think the left has doubled down. And when you see what they want to do now, when we have exposed yeah. so much of what and what they want to do with but really very few things standing in their way. Parental empowerment, yep. the First Amendment, and the courts. You know, that's yep. that's that's those are our last stands here. They know it, oh. and I hope we know it. Go ahead, last word, sir. Oh, I agree. Yeah, and and real quick, I was just going to say too, related to that, is that I mean this this is I think what we're seeing with Biden's administration these last four years has just been a um, an out out and out rush to to um, restore what they were planning on doing and maybe even trying looking. they're trying yeah we'll be right back 602 508 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.